and all right let's do it Bush and Richie here with your daily takeaway can I ask you a question just before we get underway today uh-huh question about parents yes uh, you and I both have uh, parents of a similar age uh, we're at similar stages in life uh, I popped around and visited my uh, dad today I've taken my lunch with me mm-hmm. just a little uh, uh, a wrap a drink uh, and one of those little one of those little flapjack boxes uh, and mm-hmm. as I got down to um, eat it he just comes over, he goes, oh, I'll go, I'll go and get you a plate for that. Oh, no, yeah. it's fine. It's, it, honestly, it's just like a sandwich in a, sandwich in a pack uh-huh. uh, and a flapjack and a drink. I don't, I don't, need, a, don't need a plate. Yeah. He's like, no, no, well, I'll get you one just in case. There'll be crumbs, won't there? I, mean, I doubt it. It's just, <laughs> it's just a wrap and uh, these are flapjacks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but flapjacks crumb, don't they? No, 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 it shouldn't. I can't see that I'm going to drop any crumbs. I'm 46. He's very insistent on a plate, isn't oh, he? He went and got his plate. <laughs> and I sat there, plate on my lap, and I'm eating my wrap, and I'm eating my flapjack, have my drink. Do you think there's a single crumb on the plate at the end of it? Well, but the, I'm sure there wasn't. No, of course there wasn't. Yeah. What is it? Is, is that just my dad? Or is it what they get, like, at that age? Just, like, obsessed with, like, we need a plate for that. And they're just, they, don't, they just don't like the shortcuts in life. There's also, there, I think there's kind of, uh, like, particularly in my parents' place, there's, like, there's, a, there's a plate for everything. A plate for every situation. <laughs> Small snacks, big snacks, things on the side. There's a plate for everything. Yes. It's Christ- true. Christmas and birthdays used to be exhausting as well. Because, like, you get, like, birthday cards... And he'd be like, I'll just go and get you a knife to open that. Yeah. And it's like, well, I can rip this, I can rip it open, it's my birthday, it's my card. <laughs> yeah, no, you'll need a knife. It's just the envelope. <laughs> it's like, do I, really? You just can't move on no matter what age. Uh, your life reminds me of the uh, late 70s, early 80s TV show Sorry. Was what called Timothy Lumsden, that's exactly what you're going to say. There's no. Lumsden vibes. <laughs> yeah, there is indeed. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Big old show for you this evening, antiques expert, star of the Antiques Roadshow, Suzanne Zack, on the show to cast a professional eye over the Blue Boy painting that's we're, on the way. We're both looking forward to that, aren't we? Can't, I can't believe it. Thank you so much for booking her. <laughs> that's all right. But I just think, you know, I, I, how am I going to concentrate for the remainder of the show if it is valued in the millions? We're going to concentrate because we've got a lot to cover before then. We do. Okay, and, and first of all, I want you to say well done to me because I've done something earlier on today, but I did it in an environment where nobody was around to uh, congratulate me and I feel a little down about it. Okay, well, tell, tell us what it was then. Do you remember I bored everyone within the last fortnight or so that I've changed broadband providers at home? Well, we, I think we have heard that a couple of times. And the mysterious connections that I couldn't work out. Uh, well, the last thing that I had to switch over was the boiler from old broadband provider to new broadband provider. Okay. And with the weather that it was at the moment, I, I kind of thought, well, there's a bit of jeopardy to this. Let's wait till it gets a little bit warmer uh-huh. and then I'll do it. Just in case it all goes wrong. Right, okay. Well, the contract expires tomorrow, so it had to be done today. High drama. Cut a long story short, took me two hours, I did it myself. Brilliant. That's great. I want a well done. Well done, you. Thank you. You have, I think you have an, an unhealthy relationship with your boiler. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You're, you, you're, you're messing with it too much. I, I do tinker with it a lot. You see, well, I have nothing to do with us. Hopefully, that doesn't surprise <laughs> me. I don't think that makes me right or you wrong. I'll be honest with you, we've had a brand new boiler for uh, nearly a year now, and I still I don't know how to program it. <laughs> I just turn the temperature really high or really low. I've got two settings. <laughs> My life's a lot easier. But no, well done, because I, I wouldn't even know. I guess normally the plumber would do that, right? Exactly. You'd have to, you'd have to call them.
problems to do that kind of thing. Not me. So no. you've done something that other people would be paid by the hour. Exactly. To do in a professional sense. And I haven't had any thanks for it yet. I, I think, was just all at home alone. I'll be honest with you. I think if, if Natalie was there, you're not going to get a high five for Probably that. Probably not. Do you know Probably what I mean? Probably not. But here you will get uh, well done for it. Well done. Anything that you want well done for? Because I think sometimes we, we just need a pat on the back in our lives. And it makes the day better. Um, I I, don't, I didn't mention it on the show, but do you remember I uh, I was telling you that I made a potato cheese and potato pie for the kids? I do remember. And they were all gagging. Apparently yes. they gagged at it and didn't want to have it. I uh, it kind of hurt slightly about my cooking skills, so I made my two-year-old an omelette today for a kind of a brunch thing and a bit of avocado and thought, right, let's get back into it, back in the frame yeah. with a bit of cooking. And she ate the whole thing. Well done. Thank you very much. I, should, I said well done to her for eating and now I've had a well done as well. <laughs> so this is how this works. If you have done something today that has gone completely unrecognised and unrewarded and all you want is a simple... Well done. That is what we're prepared to offer. You can text us 81215. You can find us on the socials at Absolute Radio. Uh, Duncan, I've added Apple-centric family members to my Google Cloud storage account. I don't know what any of those words mean. <laughs> what does that even mean? Well, normally, if you're one family, you're not t'other, are you? So he's... Uh, I don't know how he's done that tech-wise. That deserves a well done. Tell us what, mate. Uh, get back in touch and explain what you're talking about. 81215. <laughs> then you get you well done. Andrea says, I want a well done for going outside in minus seven this morning uh, and filling the bird feeders as lots of birds were hanging around waiting for food. My fingers were killed when I got back inside. I like the idea of feeding birds and we've bought like a little birdhouse thing before but I hate the, the fatty balls you've got to make for, for birds to eat. Those disgusting fat balls. I don't think I've ever seen that. It's I, like I a fatty ball. Just got to put out granola oh, for yeah. them or something. Let's just, birds, sort your act out. Eat wow. something different. Uh, someone here has texted in to say, wash the hoover. Yes, washed. <laughs> Some weird stuff people get up to. Well done, everyone. Well uh, Mel, done. What are you after a well done for? Well, two days ago, I got a nail in my tyre and I've had my daughter with me in my new house in Kent. So what I've done today is she went back yesterday because obviously she had to go and see her mates because that's essential. Going back for university, I take it. Yeah, she's going. She's gone back to London to see her mates because we've recently moved from there. Right. And then she's going back to Bristol tomorrow. So, I'm, just, I'm just drawing on a map here just so I can keep up <laughs> yeah. to date with all this. And yeah. surely yeah. the nail so, in the tyre's got to come back into this somewhere. Yeah, it's got to come yeah. back. So the nail in the tyre obviously precluded me from taking her to London. So she got on a train with her little bag to go off to see her mates. And this morning, Mum has gone and got the tyre fixed, had that replaced come back, loaded the car with, let me say, a very full boot, because we've got all her gear, plus Christmas, plus all the other stuff that, ooh, I forgot that when we moved house kind of stuff. (laughs) And good old mum, with the dog in the back, is now driving, just about to leave Kent, to drive to London, to go and deliver it, and I know what's going to happen, I'm going to get there and she'll be out. (laughs) (laughs) You can see it coming. So I will have to unload said car, well, you know, you know, in, talk, in terms of getting a, a well done, like when you, when you do arrive and she, she eventually does come back, do you think you'll get, will she buy you dinner or make you a nice cup of tea or what, what will you get yeah, out of this? She's going to go down the pub with her mates because it's her last night. <laughs> well, Mel, this is where we come in. Mel, well, well done. done. Thank you very much, gentlemen. I shall pat myself on the back. Much appreciated. At least somebody loves me. <laughs> Home time always does. The Daily Takeaway. Richie's Daily Takeaway. Who better to speak to than a very special guest on Home Time this evening, uh, an actual fine art expert uh, and star of Antiques Roadshow, it's Suzanne Zach. Suzanne, welcome. 
Hello. <laughs> now, the the, the, uh, the picture, the Blue Boy picture, which we're going to talk to you about in a minute, is, just so the audience know, does have a drape over the front of it. We'll be revealing to that that to you very, very shortly. But it's good to have you on. Tell us about the Antiques Roadshow to start with, then. How, what an amazing thing to be part of, seeing the, the things that the general public, a little bit like this picture, might have had in the attic and don't realise how valuable it is. It is wonderful to be part of the Roadshow. You never know what you're going to see on the day. And um, loads of people turn up clutching their family heirlooms and um, and they have no idea and, and then the most wonderful surprises can happen and we um, we do discover some hidden treasures that people have unearthed. What is the surprise ratio of, uh, if you were to guess, you know, of, of punters that turn up? How, how many percentage-wise are going home like, wow, this is worth a lot or it's not what they thought? I think that, first of all, I think the majority of people come without the sort of huge expectation, but the things that they bring mean a lot to them. Mm. And you often hear them say, but I'm not going to sell it. Mm. Do you believe um, them, though? Because my dad always sits there in the lounge, so she's going to be straight down the pawn shop and get rid of that afterwards, do you know what I mean? <laughs> I know. Well, you, you would hope that um, in most cases these things stay in the family because they do mean a lot to them. Yep. Um, and we do uncover some valuable things. Um, we can't f- sort of follow on and see what they do after the roadshow. Um, but it's the, it's the story that people love so much. It's hearing where it came from, um, what the background was. That's what people want to hear. And it's it's less of a sort of art historical lesson and much more of a sort of personal history. Yeah, I mean, and also as well, people uh, are looking to invest in things, aren't they? You know, because sometimes, you know, like Bitcoin might be a bit yeah. up and down, yeah. a cryptocurrency. So why not invest in art? Is it yeah. a good thing to, to have and wrap up and put in the loft and, and then maybe later down the line, use it purely as an investment? Or is that not? I mean, that's why I was see why we've got involved with this bit of paying here you never know well i think that um you always say to somebody buy what you like if you love it and you want to hang it on the wall and live with it or if it you know if it appeals to you that's the first reason to buy it not necessarily as an investment but we're seeing that um tastes and fashions for collecting have changed um, in the last few years and um, we're moving from sort of um, the traditional antiques to things like handbags and fashion Mm. and um, movie memorabilia and pop memorabilia so that's quite fun because people are now looking at what they've got at home and thinking well actually this could be something now and um, so it's really making people look at what they've got um, with new fresh eyes and thinking oh well you know maybe I'll start collecting this now now I'm sure you're not going to say this yourself so so I will say this you are a, a fine art expert of of some 30 years so you know the game how quickly can you look at a piece of art and think that's a crock of rubbish or do you have to sort of really study it to sort of to, to, to work out what's going on I, I'm imagining 30 years in the game it might be quite quick. I think that's a very good question. I would say that there's always the first impression, the thing that you, it hits you initially, the moment you see it. And um, often that's that's like a sort of a feeling that you just know. And then from there, there are certain criteria that you look for. So you look for um, a signature. You look for the condition mm-hmm. of the work. You look at the back, if it's a painting, and see if there's any original labels, 
um, provenance is what we call it. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I'm, um, yeah. what you're saying is is brilliant. I'm, I'm just. What are you saying? I've got a friend of mine. That's what are you saying? Are we, we know nothing. The jury's out. We don't know. <laughs> I wasn't talking about you. Well, I, I I sense a hint. But there is definitely a gut reaction when you first yes. see something, and and then you go from there. Do you ever get paintings hidden behind other paintings? That's kind of quite you do. cool, isn't it? I mean, let's just say, nightmare scenario, you suggest that the painting that we've got draped in the corner of the studio isn't isn't the original, but could it have another painting hidden behind it or something? It could. It, it definitely could. I mean, often artists used the same canvas um, and painted another painting on the top. Um, you know, artist materials, canvases were uh, um, expensive. And so if they felt that maybe um, this wasn't going to sell or if this wasn't something that they really thought was a great masterpiece, they would reuse the canvas. So with X-ray and amazing forensic um, science that we use nowadays, you can discover hidden masterpieces underneath Painting, so. Have you ever had a scenario where someone's turned up with uh, something and you've thought to yourself, do you know what, the frame is probably worth more than the picture? Absolutely. <laughs> Clearly that's not going to happen tonight on Home Time. Sometimes you have to let people down gently. Of course. Okay. Oh, well. I feel like I'm being set up here. <laughs> well, this, is, this brings us to, the, obviously, the crux of the issue, Suzanne. That's where, brilliant to have you on. Uh, the painting that we have, our new, uh, not just radio show mascot, but radio station mascot, is in the corner of the room, uh, covered in a blanket. What we're going to do, if you're up for this, we're going to play a song and then we'll show you the painting. You can give it... Uh, your expert opinion. Would that be okay? That sounds exciting. Yeah. 30 years, fine art. <laughs> Let's see what she makes of it. It's on the way next. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Bush and Richie with your home time show here on Absolute Radio. It's fair to say there is a frisson of excitement in the studio from us all right now. I mean, it would be wrong to say I've got pound signs floating around in my eyes, but, you know, it does make me think how, how far could this go? We uh, have our uh, painting that we've found on Facebook Marketplace covered by a blanket. We're joined by the uh, brilliant uh, fine art expert uh, Suzanne Zach, and Suzanne has uh, very kindly offered to uh, cast her professional eye over the uh, painting to see what it is. So, uh, and you've not seen the painting before, have you? Uh, no. So all, it's all covered. I've seen is the covered black um, object that you're holding. Okay, so we didn't want to influence Suzanne in any way. So let's just drop the blanket and show Suzanne the painting. Oh. <laughs> oh. Wow. So initial reactions there. There's Blue Boy stood in all of his glory. Suzanne, what do you think? I think that you've got Gainsborough's Blue Boy. Oh, my word. <laughs> Gainsborough, what's his first name? Thomas. Thomas Gainsborough. A, a Tommy G original Blue Boy right well, here. Oh, I didn't say original. Well, you know, read in between the uh, lines there. Uh, and is it in good condition? What's your kind of opinion of it? Just from, obviously, you know, you're a few feet away a from few it. A few feet away. Well, the colours are very vivid and um, rich and it's got a wonderful lustre to it. I can even see a little bit of texture so it looks like an oil painting from here yeah so from from where i'm sitting it's a painting. I'm sure Andy would uh, bring this round because you, you when we were speaking five minutes ago, you were saying about looking for, for signatures and you wanted to look at the back of... Uh... I don't want to bother Suzanne but too I... much with any of that kind of <laughs> stuff. Gainsborough's a biggie, is he? Oh, yes. Gainsborough, um, he's considered um, one of the most important British painters of the 18th century. Wow. wow. This, is, um, this is something else, isn't his it? His great rival was Sir Joshua Reynolds. Mm -hmm. um, he painted um, portraits, landscapes of society. Um, 
So who is that dude then? So that's an interesting question. Nobody really knows who the blue boy was. Mm -hmm. Some people have said it might be his nephew, who was called Gainsborough Dupont, who mm -hmm. was also an artist. Right. Um, however, Gainsborough Dupont had blue eyes, and this boy's eyes, if you look closely, are brown. Because um, it's interesting you mention the eyes, because we, and this is this is unfair. But a couple of the other presenters on Absolute Radio, because the the, the the painting's been hanging up in the studio, yeah. they've kind of been suggesting that it might be haunted, or the the painting's yeah. eyes might be following it around the room. Yeah. But do you get that with art occasionally? Sometimes oh, yes, you do. You can really sometimes you can follow a painting and follow the the gaze of the eyes. Um, so it's a, I mean it's an incredibly accomplished painting. I mean the way he's painted the boy um, in this. Um, very sort of flamboyant costume that is actually much more 17th century in the sort of Van Dyke style. Um, it's a fancy painting. It's not necessarily a portrait of someone at the time. It's, it's looking back in history and he's really showcasing his talents as an artist. It's brilliant. I can't see his signature on there. He's just obviously been quite modest about Could it. Covered by the frame, maybe, Probably covered, covered by the frame. And the frame itself was a beautiful piece, isn't it? Don't you think? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a sort of a gilded... Um, chipped? chipped. Um, yeah, a very yellowy gold frame. Thank you. I'll take that as you I like it. I don't think the frame is doing it any favours. Okay, well, you know, when this hits Sotheby's, I, I'm sure they won't be quibbling over the frame, but we'll chuck that in if it goes for a cool mill or so. Well, well, that's amazing. Suzanne, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to cast your professional eye over the uh, Have you painting. you taken away, actually, what Suzanne said, though? Yeah, I'm, I'm very, very excited. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm very, very excited by the whole Gainsborough thing. I'm going to go researching Gainsborough, and it's great to have one of his pieces in the studio. Um, and then, Susan, Suzanne, if people wanted to find out more about what you do and, and you know, maybe just get involved more in, in the world of fine art, what do they need to do? Um, well, I, I provide valuations and research on things and you can find me at info at suzannezack.com um, and um, on the roadshow um, where I film during the summer months. Brilliant. I mean, we, we didn't get a valuation. No, I, that was going to be my question. Yeah. Would you be able to provide just a ballpark figure of what that blue boy is worth because I'm sure Andy wouldn't be shy to say you've spent money on it I spent a bit of money on it myself I've invested myself let's just say the blue boy how much do you think the blue boy would be well the blue boy the blue boy yeah the, the original blue boy yeah but the, the, the blue boy I got here yeah. is um, one of the most famous paintings in the world uh -huh. in fact when it was sold to the Huntington Museum in California in 1921 it sold for the equivalent of nine million pounds Wow. So you got a good eye there. Richie, start picking yourself out an outfit, fella. I'm going to ask one more question. Yeah. I'm going to phrase this very carefully. How much would a picture of the blue boy be worth if it was not the one that sold for £9 million? Well, Hypothetically, one that you might get from an elderly couple on Facebook Marketplace. Um, so you've got a decorative picture there, something that you can enjoy and hang on your wall and not worry about the insurance. So I would say... <laughs> That's a backhanded compliment. <laughs> enjoy it. Um, but I hope you didn't spend more than £50 on it. OK, that's cool. I'm just going to sit down for a bit. 
<laughs> Suzanne, Zach, thank you so much. Thank you for coming on to Home Time. And uh, yes, thanks for the intel on the Blue Boy. <laughs> it was a great pleasure. <laughs> Keep looking. <laughs> thank you. This is the Daily Takeaway. There is a TV show that everyone's talking about, and I finally watched it for the first time last night. I'm talking about The Traitors. <laughs> Welcome. You watch this show, don't you? I do, yeah. Our producer Adam watches this show. I don't watch the show. I, I, I watched it for the first time last night, I, and everyone is talking about it. I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> I've never been so lost in my entire life. Bearing in mind, you know, I, I play a lot of incredibly complicated and obtuse board games. Yeah. And it's a game, essentially. Traitors. It is a game, yeah. And I couldn't understand what was going on. <laughs> well, as far as I could tell last, last night, and I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but there was some lad who looks like Jay Lawrence from Through the Decades pretending to bury his mum in a mock funeral. <laughs> and I said to myself, what the hell is going on? And there's lots of cloaks and all this kind of stuff as well. Yep. But um, basically, it's a social deduction game, a little bit like the card game Werewolf uh, on steroids, as far as I can tell. Now, you see, I've not played Werewolf, so I'm as lost as you are with the traitors. But I've played Werewolf and I didn't understand what was going on. But still, I've got a question about last night's show that okay. I asked Katie, my other half, and she told me off and said that's not in the spirit of the game. Okay. So, right, there was a bit last night where one of the traitors was trying to throw one of the other traitors under the bus, Correct, essentially, yeah. right? Uh, and I was just saying to Katie, if I was that fella, the one that was about to be thrown under the bus, can't you then go downstairs in the kitchen bit and start saying, well, all right, and if I'm a traitor, I've seen him, he's a traitor as well. We were up in the, you know, in the clock tower bit with our cloaks on. Well, we're both traitors then. I'll no, take you down with me. Not really. Why can't he do that? Because what he's going to try and do is what he tried to do last night is fight his way out of it because if they're both out, then neither of them can win any money. And at, at that point that you're watching, you're kind of thinking, well, OK, I'm going to try and fight back here because you want to stay in the game to try and win the money. But he could have just said, look, all right, then we're both traitors. Like mutually assured destruction. Take him, <laughs> on, take him down with him. Um, as someone wise <laughs> just said, it's not in the spirit of the game. Oh, so it isn't in the spirit. <laughs> The game. No, they need to get me on there, man. I can just shake things up a little bit. What I would do, two days in, ruin the whole filming by taking the entire traitors, you know, collaboration can down. Can I just it. say, at this stage, you would be an absolutely horrendous contestant on the traitors. That is the most hurtful thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> the noise of the past. It's Bush and Ritchie's Sound of the Decades. Absolute Radio 70s. We are giddy because we're so excited about this competition. Yes. Can't believe it keeps rolling over. Sound of the Decades. We've isolated a sound effect from the 1970s, but no one is able to guess what this is. The question we're all asking is, is Stuart the man? Stuart, are you the man? Uh, I'm convinced I've got the answer correct. Right. He's the man, then, Very, very confident, Stuart. Before we get to that stage, tell us what you've been doing today on this very cold Thursday. Uh, I've been working. I work at a boiler spares company in Southend. Boiler spares company. Oh, Stuart, you very might... interesting. Yeah, very interesting. I I I changed the uh, the router from uh, my Wi-Fi boiler to a different router today. Are you impressed? Oh, very impressed. Very high tech. Thank you. Well, if you need any any like freelancers or anything like that, he has been giving it the big one on the show today. <laughs> I know all about flus. Oh, yes, it's my area of expertise. Is it? Well, we'll chat about that later. <laughs> don't get on Stu's turf, do you know what I mean? There's that as well. <laughs> OK, well, listen, uh, what what kind of... Uh, what were you doing during the 1970s, Stuart, if you don't mind us asking? Uh, I wasn't born till 78. OK, so you were just around for the last couple of years of it? Yep. OK. What is your radio station of choice to uh, consume this home-time show with, Stuart? Absolute 90s, every day of the week. Good, oh. lads. Bit of an indie music fan. We like that. Yep. 
Let's find out whether you do know your 70s mm. from the two years you were around in it, though, Stuart. The sound of the decades. Have another listen. What's that? A salad spinner. A salad spinner. I, I think I remember those. Where you, you, it's like a, a glass bowl that you push down on and it spins it around. Yeah. Yeah, I remember my nan had one. I recognise the sound. Okay. How, how certain are you? Give us a percentage, Stuart. Mm, 95%. He's very confident. He is. Is it? The sound of the decade. You're a loser and you have lost. Oh. I think it's fair to say your pilot light's just gone out, Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely owned at the end of that course, Stuart. It's going to be on, you, on your mind for the weekend. Boiler bants. <laughs> Boiler bants, <Thank> indeed. <laughs> uh, good speech, you, Stuart. Take it easy. Well, what about that? I thought yeah. he was so confident. Uh, sound of the decades will return for an, an astonishing sixth rollover on Monday. This is the Daily Takeaway. Daily Takeaway. There's the show. Uh, just at the start, we uh, were hearing about Richie and his dad making him have a plate all the time for crumbs and eating snacks and all that kind of stuff. I did reference a 1970s, 1980s TV show called Sorry uh, with uh, Ronnie Corbett. The greatest opening title sequence of all time. Yes, it really was. It was It was uh, Ronnie Corbett or Timothy Lumsden. Is yeah. it Timothy Lumsden's it face? It was Timothy Lumsden because it, the catchphrase was language, Timothy. Timothy. But it was his face and then inexplicably a laser ball would fire down at the song, <laughs> in the middle of the song, and then flip his head around like a coin. That's right. Now, for copyright reasons, we can't play you that music right now on this podcast. But do, once it's finished, go and remind yourselves of the opening theme to Sorry. It was like, boom. Boink. That's where he gets hit by the laser. I want to watch it again. I feel like it was quicker than that. 